When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are just two episodes away from the end of the off-season podcast. Spring training is almost here. It is the penultimate episode before it. Let's start taking a look at some of those guys who are going to be in camp. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. We are two episodes away from spring training. I want to look at some of the non-roster invitees because the Pirates released their list this week and there are a couple guys there who are just there for moral support or to be another catcher or to maybe just get their feet wet in Major League Camp. Like Tamar Johnson is going to be in the Major League Camp. He doesn't have a chance of making the opening day team, but it's good to get a young player like that acclimated to a major league routine. Give him something. Give him a little something before the season started. But he's not going to be on there. I want to take a look at some of the guys who maybe can make a run for an opening day spot or put themselves in a really good position to be called up midseason. Going to start off with the hitters here. And the first guy is someone who may have already had his breakout year. I made a couple trips to Altoona, and man, they they swore by this young man. They were looking for ways to get him into the lineup. They were teaching him new positions. He was the first player for the curve to have a 2020 season in a really, really long time. And that's Andreas Alvarez. He could be a utility type in the major leagues. And like I just said, 2020 season last year for the curve. There's a little pop. There's a little speed. There's a little defensive versatility. And there is a lot of people who were in Altuna last year that swore that this guy could be a top of the order type hitter. Like he did really well for them last year. He kind of came a little bit out of nowhere. Like it was a really big season for him. Now it's, how do you build on that? Because we know the Pirates like that defensive versatility. We know that the Pirates like young players who can hit in different spots in the order, play different positions, and he can do that. He has a little, you know, oomph in that bat. He can steal some bases. The Pirates have been very open that with the new infield shift rules and the pitch clock, They expect to maybe steal some more bases in 2023. That's something that could be valuable right there. And you can't ignore that this middle infield situation, there's still a lot of competition. There's still a lot of pieces that need to be sorted out, but it's a lot less crowded than it looked this time last year. 
Because this time last year, there was Diego Castillo. There was Michael Chavis. There were other Cole Tucker. There are other <laughs> Josh Van Meter. There are other players like that. That you could be like, okay, maybe Diego got cut a little bit too soon. Or maybe you still really like Cole Tucker. Or maybe, you know, Michael Chavis should have stuck around the whole year. We could go through those types of lists. There is some opportunity there, just looking at this roster. They don't really have a lot in the ways of true utility players anymore right now. Outside of, like, G1 Bay. I mean, yeah, like, Rodolfo Castro can play shortstop third base. But I'm talking about the infielder outfielder. I think that's something that's kind of lost right now outside of like Jiwan Bay and Tukipito Marcano. If Andreas Alvarez could fit that mold while providing something that's even kind of close to 2020 at the major league level, then yeah, definitely someone to watch. You have to wonder how much of last year was... You know, maybe he was just a bit advanced for his age. Maybe it was, you know, a one-year fluke. But really good season at Altuda. Gets rewarded with a chance to go to Major League Camp the following year. I want to see what he can do at a higher level. Second guy on this list is Matt Gorski. The slugger of the year in the system last year. And someone who... I look at him, and it's come up in live cues a couple times, you know, for me. Like, does this guy have a chance at the Major League roster in 2023? I'll answer yes, he does. There are a couple things that absolutely have to happen for that to happen. The first is he has to stay healthy. He didn't really do that in 2023. In 2022, I'm sorry, in 2022. Whenever he was healthy... He crushed the ball. He was one of the best sluggers the Pirates have had in the, in the minor leagues in the past couple years. There were good raw tools there. I, I, this is me. This is a me thing. I still see some things in the swing that need to be ironed out, especially in the lower half. And that's fine. You're allowed to be a minor league player and still have developmental points, things that you can polish, things that you can improve. That's not a death sentence. That's called a development track. That's fine. His development track, if he hits his spots, I think this guy has the potential to be someone who hits 20 home runs at the major league level. I'm not saying he's going to, but he has that type of potential. And for someone who can play not only the outfield, but first base, this team really doesn't have any first base answers for 2024 and beyond right now. They're good for the very short time. And maybe Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, whoever doesn't you know, get the starting catcher job, they get most of their playing time at first base. Maybe that ends up happening. But that's kind of an open position at this moment. And of course he can add some defensive versatility. And I will say the pirates list him as a first baseman and an outfielder. So I think we're going to see some first base there. If he can stay healthy, if he can continue his development, he's someone that man, 
there's a lot to like about his game. There's a lot that, even if you're just scouting a, a stat line, it's a really good stat line. He needs to take another step in 2023. That starts in spring training. The third guy is Malcolm Nunez. Because I was pretty darn surprised that he wasn't added to the 40-man roster this winter. Pirates obviously had a roster crunch. He snuck through Rule 5, so it wasn't... They're in a better position now with him not on the roster, but here's someone who they had liked for years. And the Jose Quintana trade happens, and he is the hitting prospect of that deal. And yeah, that deal... They went into it say we need to get a major league pitcher, and ma- that deal doesn't happen without Johan Oviedo. But that doesn't mean Malcolm Nunez was just a throw-in player. He's someone that they had longed for for years. And man, he's got power. There's some serious pop there. He's, he's last year started to figure out how to implement more fly balls into his game. Now the question is, can he continue to do that in 2023? And can he do it even more consistently? Because if he can do it more consistently, then this guy is a major league first baseman. And whatever happens to Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, whatever happens in the outfield, whatever happens at DH, like just, just one of those, like, he's going to be a hitter. He's going to be a hitter. And you just find a spot for him. It's a big year for him also. Because I think we saw last year, best example, there was a time last year in early June where the question was, hey, (laughs) Pirates really need some first base help right now. Are are you going to be calling up? And no, they didn't call anyone up and... Right now, Malcolm Nunez, unless you want to count Gorski, is the only first base prospect to know right now. That wasn't the case in, in June. Mason Martin. People were like, where's Mason Martin? Mason Martin fell off the map because he really couldn't hit for a couple months. He did not take that next step to be more consistent. Malcolm Nunez is entering pretty much the same situation Mason Martin was going into 2022. It's, how do you advance from this? How do you take that next step? And not just for, you know, back in June, whenever people were wondering, okay, where is he? There's a need at first base. Why isn't he getting called up? A whole year thing. And that starts at spring training. And that starts with saying, hey, I know you got G-Man Choi. I know you got Carlos Santana. I know I barely have any AAA experience. The cards are definitely against me right now. But don't you forget Malcolm Nunez if someone gets hurt, if an opportunity presents itself, if there is a chance for me to be a major league hitter. We know how those winds gust at Lecom Park. I wouldn't be shocked if he hits four or five homers this spring because of it. Definitely someone to watch. Those are the hitters. Whenever we come back, We're going to look at some pictures.
Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Three pitchers to watch, and I'm going to cheat with the last one. I'm sorry, I'm going to cheat with the last one, but we're going to give two really good answers here of who to watch. The first one for me is Kyle Nicholas. That Jacob Stallings trade looks like it really hasn't worked out for either team. Stallings wasn't what the Marlins hoped he was, or at least didn't produce the numbers that the Marlins hoped he would. And Zach Thompson has been DFA'd already for the Pirates. Connor Scott had a pretty middling year in Altoona, and given the state of how many outfielders this organization has right now, I don't know if you can advance him to Indianapolis at this time. I kind of view Connor Scott as someone who probably is not going to ever make an impact for the Pirates at this point. So that puts a lot of pressure on the trade of Kyle Nicholas. He is the, this could still be a positive trade guy. The question is, what is he? Whenever the trade happened, I was given the report that this guy could be a back-end starter. He could be a a reliever. Getting to watch a little bit in Altoona from here. Last year, I saw a good fastball. I saw a breaking ball that could bend. I don't know if it's a starter repertoire yet. There were a lot of factors that would have made last year difficult, though. New organization. Full season double A. There's a lot to go there. A lot of new information to absorb. What does he do in year two in this system? What is his big step after an off season of being around the minor league pitching coaches, being around Dewey Robinson, being around Josh Hopper? What is the next step for Kyle Nicholas? Because he can be a major league starter. And this team has some pretty good Major League starter prospects who are going to come up this year. Can he uh, earn one of those spots? Or is he someone who is an up-and-down guy? Is he someone who just gets moved to the bullpen? He's a minor leaguer that, again, the Stallings trade didn't really work out for anyone. So it's hard to say, oh, the Pirates absolutely need to win the trade, win the trade. No, but if you're going to give up a gold glover and a clubhouse leader, you would like to think you got more than just a pitcher who put up a sub-war season, a negative war season for one year with the Pirates and then was released. Or, I guess, DFA'd and then traded to the Blue Jays, but pretty much let go. You hope to get more. And Nicholas, I view, is basically the only way for them to end up in in the black as far as that trade goes. Second guy on my list. Cody Bolton. Because this is the Cody Bolton year, do or die. If he is ever going to click as a Pittsburgh Pirate, if he is ever going to get a chance, really, 
as a Pittsburgh Pirate. It has to be this year. Back in 2019, he was considered maybe the best pitching prospect in the system after Mitch Keller graduated from that list. Then obviously no season in 2020. Didn't pitch in 2021. And then 2022, a lot more bullpen work than anything. So what what happens? What happens after a year of basically bullpen work, trying to find your old breaking ball, trying to get the right feel for it? How do you advance? How do you develop? How do you progress? He has maybe not the best four-seam fastball. It's more going to be sinker slider. Okay, I know the Pirates look for more swing and miss this offseason, but you got to roll with the sinker slider guys whenever you have one. Does the changeup hold out to the point that he can be maybe a fifth starter? Do you even want to bother with him being a fifth starter after a year of basically being a bullpen arm and just be like, look, you're you're in the bullpen now. But this is the year. And it has to start in spring training. He has to show something in spring. And, th- and whenever I say s- show something, I don't mean he had a low ERA necessarily or high batting average or whatever. But just if you go out there and you're hitting 96 on the on the black, even if it turns into like a, a run scoring ground ball hit or something like that, like that's a really good pitch. Show that. Show where you matured. Show where you have developed. Show how you can challenge hitters at the highest level. That's what we need to see from Cody Bolton in 2023, or we just won't see it at all. At the, with the Pirates, I'm I'm a little surprised he did not really get any consideration for Rule Five this go around, considering I think he probably would have been selected last year had it not been for uh, the draft being canceled because of the lockout. Stock took a hit. It's time, and after a full year injury, it's reasonable. It's understandable for a player's stock to take a hit. You got to bounce back, though. This is a big year for that. And my third guy is the laziest pick I could possibly give, I feel. I feel a little dirty saying him. But it's Quinn Priester. Because I remember two years ago, we all remember two years ago, this guy could maybe be the best pitching prospect in baseball. He's He didn't become that. And a lot of that, I, I will stand by, were the fastballs. Pitches that, generally speaking, I have not heard great things about. They're not necessarily bad pitches, but whenever I hear Quinn Priester, it's like, you got to see the curveball. You've got to see the slider. The changeup is really developed nicely. There's a lot of stuff like that. Maybe not having the fastball to overpower minor league hitters 
helped develop that secondary and off-speed stuff. Maybe that it, it, it's like one of those blessings in disguise right there. But I, we're going to see Mike Burroughs. And Mike Burroughs is going to, if you're not familiar with his game, get ready. This guy is a spin monster with mid-90s stuff and this curveball that just, oh my goodness, it just dives, it spikes, it's just not fair. Luis Ortiz is coming up, and we we all saw what Luis Ortiz can do. Whenever you're hitting 100 miles per hour in the sixth inning, that is a special starting pitcher. He could be really good. Quinn Priester has the highest pedigree of them all. MLB Pipeline still has him on the top 100 list. I, I think he still is a top 100 prospect. He has got stuff to work with. Let's see it this year. Because, no, he never became the best starting pitcher prospect in baseball. He could still be a really good major league pitcher. He's not good. We're, we're going to see him at some point in 2023. And I feel like it's almost important, even if it ends up just being an outing or two or whatever, just for like it to be, leave a good taste in the mouth of this guy's going to come up at the major league level at some point this year. And boy, oh boy, did he look comfortable taking on the, the Phillies or the Tigers or the Orioles or whoever he faces in spring training. Big year for all three of those pitchers. And an honorable mention to Angel Perdomo, who I put in the minor league mound visit, the minor league free agent one. Pirates got him. Intriguing stuff. That's okay. That's the actual, if you don't like that, I went with Quid Priester, the lazy out for, for the third guy there, Angel Perdomo. We're going to take a break. we got a little more show to come back to. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later. One positional battle I did not bring up, backup catcher. Not the sexiest battle, but it's one that the Pirates have pretty routinely had these last couple years. Who is the opening day backup catcher? It looks like this year, the front runners are Tyler Heineman and Jason DeLay. Maybe don't sleep on Carter Bins just because he's kind of in a position where he needs to show something or... He let go, but it looks like Heinemann or Delay. I'd imagine Heinemann has the edge in that scenario, just because he's a little older. Delay has more experience with the minor league pitchers, and he can be someone who helps out in Indianapolis more. It's going to be Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, and Austin Hedges most likely at some point at the major league this season. But you got them opening day battles. Those are always interesting. I'm sure it's going to come up at some point, either in a podcast or in a written article between now and then. And if you want to keep up with the podcasts, be sure to subscribe wherever you find fun podcasts. I'll be there, too, for some reason. 
I they, they haven't caught me yet. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.